Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson. And today we are joined by Deborah Marigopoulos, intuitive integrative family nurse practitioner who has spent over 30 years blending the science of medicine with the art of healing. Specializing in neuroimmune endocrinology, Deborah focuses on optimizing the function of the hypothalamus, the maestro of the symphony of hormones, and has helped thousands of people heal from a variety of symptoms. She is the author of several books, including her latest, The Hypothalamus Handbook, which outlines the steps that people can take to start healing their hypothalamus on their own. In today's conversation, we are discussing the role that the hypothalamus plays in autoimmunity and the steps we can take to support the optimization of the hypothalamus to heal and prevent illness. Deborah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am, as I was saying before we hit record, I'm so excited because I am such a geek. And I know that, you know, there's just so many things that influence our bodies that we barely are scratching the surface on. And as I shared with you, we have not talked about the hypothalamus much on the podcast. So I'm, I'm, thrilled to have this conversation, but I want to hear a little bit about your journey. How did you get to focus on this field? So I actually became interested in hormones when I gave birth in 1984 to an intersex child. So that was the beginning of me shifting gears from perhaps pediatric nurse practitioner to go into family practice and focus on endocrinology, which then expanded to neuroimmune endocrinology. When I started my integrative practice back in 1997, I started seeing what medicine would call train wrecks of patients who would come with multiple diagnoses. And while medicine tends to focus on how I was trained, because as a nurse practitioner, conventionally trained, is on basically trying to treat symptoms, I've always focused on root causes. And that goes back to the birth of my child, because I felt like there was something related to perhaps genetics, which we weren't able to measure back then, perhaps environmental factors, hormonal factors that may have influenced the genetic expression of this baby. So that started me doing a lot of research. And back in the day, there was no Google. So it was all, you know, getting your periodicals and reading. And then whatever I'd be researching, it seems like patients or the universe would provide me with patients (laughs) that would fill in those gaps and let me practice. Literally, the medical practice is practice. Right. we would, I would practice on these patients. And when I started my integrative practice, I didn't take insurance. So people were coming in very committed to their own health care, sure. paying you know, a fee for service. And I felt very much like I had to give them everything of me, including all the research. So I really did a lot of research. And so what I found is that by 98, 99, is that the majority of my patients with multiple diagnoses, so they had hormonal issues, they had neurological Mm -hmm. issues, and many of them had autoimmune conditions, either organ specific, or, you know, autoimmune rheumatoid type disorder. So it was more um, generalized. 
that there was, there had to be some kind of core issue. There had to be something behind all of this. So in my research, I had a Scientific America magazine that had a study that was looking at fat white mice and they were trying to figure out, you know, what was going on with these mice and they sacrificed these mice. Well, these mice had all the, the same symptoms as the majority of my patients. They, they weren't sleeping. Their cortisol was off. They had thyroid disorders. They were overweight. They were fatigued during the day. So they had a lot of some, and they had, in, you know, fertility issues as well. So they had all kinds of hormonal issues. They had pain issues. Of course, they weren't expressing this. So this was all very much right. what the scientists were seeing. And when they, when they sacrificed the mice, they found that there was a hormone that was missed, that was not being produced by the hypothalamus. It was called pro-opiomelanocordin. And so I investigated this hormone, which is a big mother hormone to a bunch of smaller hormones. And it controls your adrenal function, your thyroid function, your glucose metabolism, your day-night cycle through something called melanocyte stimulating hormone. And I thought, shoot, we learned about the hypothalamus, you know, when we were learning anatomy and physiology, but we really didn't understand the physiology of the hypothalamus. Perhaps it's the hypothalamus and some kind of imbalance there that is at the root of all of these issues I'm seeing. So instead of just treating adrenal issues and thyroid issues and immune issues and neurological issues and gonadal issues, it's like, well, well, maybe I should be looking at the hypothalamus. Not that there was any treatment available, not that anybody was addressing it, but I started looking outside at different research, mostly animal research and then research from Europe and from Japan. And it's been, it's actually only been recently in the last 10 years that we're actually seeing published research studies on the hypothalamus. It's something that I've been, you know, treating for a long time, you know, almost 30, almost 30 years. So I developed protocols. I developed a nutraceutical. I focused on trying to get people to have optimal hypothalamic function. And then I was able to wean them off their hormones and wean them off their antidepressants and their sleep aids. And my autoimmune patients were able to wean down off of traditional conventional medications. I had one of my first ones was a rheumatoid arthritis patient who came in and said, you have got to get me off these steroids. And I hate the I feel on the methotrexate and I can't yep. take this anymore. And she was menopausal at this point. And she's like, it got, it, she said for her, it got worse when she went into menopause. So I'm like, sure. okay, here's, here's some hormonal, you know, connection here. So I really treated her as if her hypothalamus was out of balance without knowing how to even measure that and started do and started working on what were the pillars, what were the things I needed to do to, to help her have more optimal functioning. And we were able to wean her off all of her immune modulating drugs. Mm-hmm. And she lived a, you know, two more decades after that without, without having significant, you know, life impingement. I mean, just at the very end where she, was she bed bound, but she went from not being able to do anything to being yeah. able to function again. And one of the things she loved to do was she was, a she sewed. And so she hadn't been able to do that. So that fine motor skills and getting back the function in her joints was huge for her. And so she was sewing and crafting. And I mean, I still have stuff she made for me. I love that. <laughs> because she was able to get back to it. And it was something that she loved. And so yeah. that was, that's my goal. Like get you back to, to joy in your life. Right. And, for, and if, if the medicines are, are causing more problems, then what could we do differently? Yeah. Which is incredible. And oh my gosh, where were you, you know, 20 something years ago when I, when I was going down that rheumatology rabbit hole with my RA and, and yeah, yeah it, it's amazing. Can we 
Back it up. First of all, I I thank you for (laughs) being curious, right? And being willing to step out of the box and do the research and create, you know, and practice. You know, we do forget the medicine is a practice, you know, and get results before you even really maybe knew exactly why you were getting the results. It's fantastic. You know, it really is. Thank you. You know, it's it's a gift. We need this is why we have these conversations, hopefully to inspire others and inspire people to find whatever practitioner that is, you know, that speaks to you. Cause there are a lot of people stepping out of the box now. And usually it is through our own life journey that will inspire us to pick a direction or or you know add to the conventional training. So kudos to you. Thank you. I want to back it all the way up. Okay. What is the hypothalamus for people who don't know what the hypothalamus is? Well, first of all, let's locate it. It's right where your third eye would be or between your eyebrows in the center of your brain. It sits right above the pituitary gland. So most people know the pituitary gland is that little tiny pea off of a stalk. Okay. Right above that is the hypothalamus. So if you think of the the pituitary gland as middle manager, the hypothalamus is CEO. Okay. So we used to think of the pituitary gland and a lot of people still refer to it as the master gland. It is not, it's the hypothalamus. That's the master gland. So the hypothalamus is below the thalamus and the thalamus is where your emotional center. What interesting about the hypothalamus, it is not protected by the blood brain barrier. So the blood brain barrier is right above the hypothalamus, which means it's exposed to everything. The rest of your body's exposed to that your brain is not exposed to that's toxins that's infectious agents um, but it's also exposed to nutrition and nutrients because your brain only pretty much runs on triglycerides and glucose pretty much just glucose but the hypothalamus is very amenable to nutritional shifts it's also sensitive to everything that your body's going through four out of the five senses run through the hypothalamus so it knows where you are in space and time It directs your circadian rhythm, your day-night cycles. It directs all of your hormones, okay? And your hormones, it directs the pineal gland production of of melatonin, the um, pituitary gland production of growth hormone, uh, release of prolactin, and all of the stimulating hormones like thyroid stimulating hormone and ACTH and follicular stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone that's produced by the pituitary. It's the hypothalamus that tells it when to do that. The hypothalamus directs the thyroid and the adrenals. It directs your gonads, ovaries in a female, testes in a male, but it also directs your thymus. And your thymus is a small gland above the heart that is where your white blood cells, the B lymphocytes become T lymphocytes, where they get trained. It's kind of the boot camp for the white blood cells. The hypothalamus is the director of that. So it is ultimately responsible for how your body responds in terms of its immunity, adaptive immunity. And so anything else going on with the hypothalamus, so, okay, so that's this master CEO, the boss of your your brain, the maestro of the entire symphony of hormones. And it's trying to pay attention to everything. And it's also connected directly to your gut. 
It it controls your appetite. It controls, it literally controls your microflora and your microflora communicate back to your hypothalamus. And that's brand new research. So there's so much information going on about what's happening in the body is being fed to the hypothalamus. And then the hypothalamus has to make some choices. Well, one of the big things that opened up hypothalamic research just really recently is COVID. Because the hypothalamus has as many of the ARB receptors, maybe more than the heart and the lungs do. So a lot of the long COVID symptoms that we're seeing is actually hypothalamic dysfunction. It's hypothalamitis, which is an inflammation of the hypothalamus that was in the brain fog, the fatigue, the pain. The hypothalamus also controls your autonomic nervous system. So how fast your heart rate runs your parasympathetic side of the nervous system as long as well as the sympathetic side of the nervous system. It controls your moods, your memory, your learning, your cognition, your dream states. I mean, there's not much it doesn't control. That's all? <laughs> I know, everything. I'm over here giggling and chuckling, you know, <laughs> like a kid. And and so many, for me already, light bulbs with light bulbs. Are gone. <laughs> of course, if we're talking autoimmunity then, right? And, and holy wow. And yeah. it's, you know, incredible <clears throat> that this is a newer field. It is a newer field. And the reason it's a newer field is number one is you have to sacrifice the lab animal in order to measure the hormones. We're not going to do that to humans. So we can't directly measure the hormones coming from the hypothalamus. There's a few, like you can, re- you can measure like vasopressin, but there's not very, very much you can measure from the hypothalamus. So we have to we have to literally sacrifice the lab animal to look at the hypothalamus and look at which cells are. are... Yeah, I'm not signing up for that. Stuff. Yeah, nobody's going to do that. <laughs> but we know now that the hypothalamus controls aging. It controls your weight. It can, I mean, it controls everything. So we need to keep it happy. We need yeah. our hypothalamus functioning optimally. So what affects hypothalamic function is what are you eating? How much activity are you getting? Whether or not you're getting enough sleep. Truly what your mindset is, mm-hmm. and are you getting the, the nutrition, the specific nutrition that supports hypothalamic function, which most people cannot get just from their diet alone. Uh-huh. So with all of those factors, and then part of the mindset is, is learning stress reduction techniques, because sure. stress is huge with the hypothalamus. That's the one part of the hypothalamus most people know about is the HPA access or the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access. Right. And that stress really interferes with the function of that access, which then interferes with all kinds of other hormonal issues and immune issues. And absorption and, 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 and. (laughs) But they actually, research has shown that the majority of, of people that develop autoimmune disorder had some kind of neuroimmune endocrine imbalance or alteration years prior to the beginning of the onset of the disease. Say that again. So years before you're diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder, your neurological system, immune system, and endocrine system become out of balance. Or there's an altered balance there. And what controls that is the hypothalamus. So the research comes in in individual ways. Is it the HPA axis? Is it prolactin? Is it, you know, sex hormones? It's all of that. It's always all of them. <laughs> it's all of it. It's multifactorial. Yeah. And it's the hypothalamus that's controlling that. Wow. So, I know it is. It's amazing. It makes so me excited. <laughs> because it, well, what makes me excited, but I also understand, okay, you know, because those of us that have that scientific brain love mm-hmm. to, you know, if you can't test and you can't watch, I just 
literally had this conversation with a, a client who is going to get her labs back next week. And she's like, and I hope I see this. And I hope I, and I was like, well, didn't you just tell me you can close your fists for the first time in years and your energy is great and, and your sleep is, all, you know, and all of these things. And, and so, yeah, I would expect your labs to start to reflect that, but there's often a lag. There is. And what makes me excited is as you're talking, I'm like, oh, good. So I didn't know I was making happy hypothalamus. Yes. <laughs> is it, is yes. it thalamus yeah. or thalmi? <laughs> Whatever the proper plural is. Octopus, octopi. Yeah. I know. I, I, you know, usually you're only talking about it in the singular. Yeah. Um, everybody. But, but I love that. And, <laughs> and even like what you, that if it's not behind the blood brain barrier, holy Wow. I mean, in the toxic soup that we live in, that makes absolutely, it's absolutely affected. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, the, the studies that come up when I was writing my hypothalamus handbook, which is the the newest book I have, I was, you know, I was bibbing it like crazy because I really wanted a good reference book, not just for, not, not just for the public. So it's very story written so that you can understand it. And I have like six very integrated case studies so it's nice. people like you with multiple diagnoses. And I go in deep into each diagnosis and how it's related to the hypothalamus. And at the end, there's a therapeutic plan for each of them. And why I would recommend. So it is if you came to me as a right. consult, like, here's yeah. what I'm looking at. These are the labs I looked at. This is what was off on this person. And this is what I recommended for them. And then what was the results, you know, six months, a year later, whatever. So then I also put in a section for healthcare providers, the way we like to see it, which is much more annotated it's it's a lot shorter and then a huge bib a huge bib well as i'm writing this and we're like in the publication process more research is coming in and i'm like the publisher like we need to add this we need to add that and he's like we can't add anymore (laughs) this is book two it'll go in the night (laughs) yeah i told my my team i'm like we just need to have like a live bib on the website so i can just keep adding stuff because i bib all my post beautiful but because all this new research comes in i've been google you know how you do those google alerts and you yeah. i google alert my name and my and my nutraceutical product and different things so i google alert the hypothalamus and in the beginning it was like nothing was coming up like nothing was i mean it would be layman's writing sure. things maybe now all kinds of research every single day a new research is is coming through you know, that's exciting world. So it's like, oh my gosh, that is so, so exciting. So I want it nice to have it pro- proven, you know, right. Because you already know, because you've been seeing it work, <laughs> right. right. It's the same, right. you know, and I was laughing at the, you know, as you're talking about these pillars or I, I remember mm-hmm. when I first started to learn that the body could heal. And I started to learn the truth about autoimmunity and chronic illness. And as I was healing, you know, my, when my brain came back on, it was like, Oh, I need to, you know, this is a completely different perspective than I, you know, first 45 years of my life I knew. And I remember like, you know, I used to use that word root cause, right? Like singular root Mm -hmm. cause. What's your root? What's my root cause? And I do love the concept of functional medicine as root cause medicine. But I I remember just, you know, it was just kind of that funny, like, oh, it's never just one. You can't separate out nutrition and stress and toxins and sleep and because they all 
interfere. They, you know, they all impact each other. They're all intertwined. And that's why research is so hard. If I take a hypothesis and say, I want to prove this, but yeah, I'm only using control. one, you know, does A lead to B? Right. And that's what, you know, one of my stories I, t- I, I tell my, I actually, it's in my first book, Hormones and Harmony, but it was a gynecological surgeon that I was using for my, for my surgery. So I, I'm now in integrative medicine. I'm doing all kinds of bioidentical hormones. I'm focusing on the hypothalamus. And he called me up and said, listen, I'm sending you all my weird hormone patients. And I'm like, why? He says, because in medical school, we learned that A leads to B or maybe we'll try C. He says, I can get to Z and still not figure out these people. Can you just like take care of them? And I said, that's because endocrinology is more of an art than it is a science. And that's, I, I really feel like as with the nursing background, I'm practicing the art of medicine, but I'm uh-huh. also practicing the science of medicine. Right. It's both. It's both. So you have to be a medical detective to figure out what's going on with the hypothalamus because the clues are not, you know, cut in stone. <laughs> you're not getting a lab value. (laughs) Yeah. You're not getting a lab value says, aha. Which is great because then you can't treat the labs. (laughs) You're you're treating the people. You're treating people. And that's what I tell them. Like, you know what? It doesn't really matter what your labs show me. Right. I use it as a baseline to prove to you that this is how bad you felt. And this is what it looked like when you felt this bad. Now, as you're feeling better, the labs don't really matter unless I need to tweak a hormone or something. I'm not sure you're going to, but you're probably also going to ask them how they're feeling. Oh, that's the biggest piece. That's the biggest piece. Yeah. That's amazing. It's about, and you know, then we get used to when we're feeling better and we want to do a little bit more. And then we think, well, I don't need all this stuff anymore. You know, I don't need to take the supplement. I don't need to like, you know, sleep like I'm sleeping. I don't need to eat like this. And then we start to fall off the bandwagon Mm -hmm. and realize, oh my gosh, these are all the the, the things I needed to do to stay this optimally well. Right. And that's what people say. Do I, you know, do I always have to do these things? I'm like, do do you you always want to feel well? Yeah. Don't you want your hypothalamus to function optimally throughout your entire life? Yes. Don't, don't you want to age gracefully? Don't you want to avoid, you know, chronic diseases that can cause an early mortality and dysfunction? Like, why wouldn't you want to do this? Health span. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. I want to, I want to ask, because I know I, I'm already so enthralled that I'm going to forget to ask. So I want to ask while I'm remembering. Okay. Um, you mentioned that there's specific nutrition the hypothalamus needs to be happy that we're not getting from our food sources now, which I'm assuming is what led you to create a nutraceutical. Yes. Can yes. you share with us about that? Yes. So the journey was, is I, so I'm Italian. I married a Greek. I was born and raised on the Mediterranean diet. I have always eaten pristinely and still I had hormone issues. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I started taking my own nutraceutical that my hormones got back into balance. Okay. So my feeling is, is that in the beginning, when human animals started hunting and gathering, we didn't really move too much inland. We, we stayed around the coast and we got certain nutrients and our genetics actually kind of adapted to what we were able to get. So people from like Northern European ancestry have a genetics that adapts a little bit differently than people from my ancestry, which is Mediterranean, right? right? Versus way down in South America, South Africa. So it's different. So what I did with this nutraceutical is I put in it plants 
and from around the world, from every continent, every sea, to try to cover the genetic soup that I was seeing, because I'm in America, right. <laughs> most of us are mutts. Very few of us oh, are yeah. purebreds. So we have we have genet genetics. And of, even if we think we're purebreds, we're we're not. Yeah. Like, and you know, now we can <laughs> do, do the ancestry stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see you've got lots of things going on. But knowing that the genetics actually responds very well to nutrition, which is called epigenetics. Yep. Where the DNA actually can shift. And what controls that again is the hypothalamus, because the hypothalamus controls the major hormones that actually interface with your DNA which are your steroid hormones. It's not not every, not all the biochemicals interface with your DNA, but your steroid yeah. hormones do. So there's definitely this connection there. So once I started feeding the hypothalamus what I felt it needed, and I, and I came to that two ways. I was doing a lot of research, and most of the research was related to what amino acids the hypothalamus would respond to. And But I was stuck with this research. I was like, I couldn't find anything. And again, it's just before good search engines. Sure. So I'm sitting in front of my my desktop computer, you know, trying to work on it. We have one in the household. My, my firstborn is now an, a teenager. And they say to me, mom, you know, why don't you just meditate about this? And maybe the answer will come in dreams. So I did. I and I asked, that. what do you feed the, what can I possibly feed the body to actually heal the hypothalamus? And I had exactly the same dream every night for three months. And I'd wake up and write down what came in the dream, because what was happening in the dream, I was standing by what was the tree of life. I held this like cup and people would drink from it. And they were my sickest patients. And as soon as they drank from it, I knew they were better. We'd never spoke. And I'd ask what's in the cup. And at first it was, it was chemical I, the beginning of it came in in basically another language. Okay. It wasn't even, it was symbols, which related right. to amino acids. And so I put all of this stuff together, researched everything. A lot of the herbs and things were things I was using in with my patients, but not in these particular proportions. Right. So like, you know, it's like the difference between chocolate chip recipes. They're all, they're all a little different in how much they put in that. It was that difference in the, in the synchronicity of these different ingredients over the years. I first started making Genesis gold in 2003 is when I was able to manufacture it. The dreams were in like 99, but it took like that long to find a manufacturer for it. It's changed slightly because the earth has changed. Like I don't, I, we don't harvest from we stopped harvesting from the the North Pacific after the radioactivity in in Japan. Thank so we, you. So I'm changing <laughs> constantly according right. to, and a lot of it's just kind of intuitive. Like I'll just like, okay, we need to do something different, and then and then I'll read the news and say, oh, that's why. Why? <laughs> that's why we need to be you know getting it from here instead of there. So so the, some of the species have changed slightly because of what's happening in the last twenty years, but. That's what's going on. So what I have found is, is that by feeding my own, my body, by feeding my patients and the customers, this, it's a powder, they mix it in, in water, they take it every morning, it keeps them in balance. And it takes about 90 days to actually start to seal, to see hypothalamic balancing. And if you've been sick a long time, let's say you've been sick for 20 years, then on top of that first three months, you're looking at about 20 more months, one month per year before optimal functioning. So it can be right. a year period of taking it to really get to that optimal functioning, but you'll feel better in the first few months, but it's not, it's, you know, it's not like caffeine that gives you a jolt right away. It's, there's definitely a detoxification that goes on. It's kind of the hypothalamus decides with these nutrients, what are we going to do here? We need to clean house first. We need to improve, you know, the HPA access. 
This person has a lot of, you know, psychological garbage going on that we need to deal with. And I've had people come to me and say, this feels like therapy in a, you know, when it was in a bottle, in, in a, a bottle, bottle bag. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because stuff's going on in my like dreams and stuff. And it's because that has to be cleared too. That's the mindset piece. Yeah. Oh, um, so fun. Amazing. It is, it is fun. It is yeah. fun. So, I mean, for listeners, uh-huh. would there be anybody that, you know, again, because there's no testing. So, I mean, it sounds like the assumption is <laughs> this is a key player in your autoimmune expression right. in chronic inflammation and aging and all the things. So I have not found anyone in my practice or consumers that would not be a good candidate for taking the nutraceutical Genesis Gold, but some people are sensitive to certain plant ingredients. Yes. So I did, I did manufacture the, the heart of it, which are the hypothalamic amino acids mm-hmm. separately without all the rest of the green stuff for people who have food allergies, et cetera. After three to six months, usually they become less sensitive to things they right. thought they were sensitive to. Right as their hypothalamus gets into better balance. And then they'll also add the sacred seven amino acids. And I call it that because the amino acids came in the first seven nights and then the rest of the stuff came. So those amino acids came in first. They'll they'll oftentimes add those, the sacred seven amino acids back into Genesis Gold. So add it extra if they're exceptionally ill or they have very, you know, incredible symptoms. So anybody who's like weaning off of antidepressants or major immune modulation medication or they'll actually need more hypothalamic support, you know, severe hot flashes, severe insomnia, severe anxiety, things like that. They'll need a little bit more, but that's usually not forever. Interesting. And is the sacred seven is a powder as well to drink in the morning? Throw it right into the Genesis and, or take it separately. Nice. And amino acids are interesting because they, I I flavored the Genesis because the seaweeds were a little Little fish strong, gallows, <laughs> a little rough. So we flavored the the Genesis, but the uh, the amino acids are as is. There's nothing else in there. So there's you know unless you have you know PKU, there's no way you can be allergic to anything in there. Okay, because gotcha. these are just, these are amino acids. They're just right. pure plant plant derived amino acids. So, but it's interesting because they taste different according to where you are in your healing process. Oh, you actually perceive. Like I'll, I, when I first started taking, I obviously need to detox because all, all I could perceive were the sulfur bearing amino acids. So it, it tasted like garlic and onions to me. And then after a few weeks, you know, and a lot of, you know, defecation and urination and sweating and all this, you know, skin changes, I was detoxed and then it started tasting different, it started tasting salty and that's a different amino acid. And then it finally started tasting sweet and that. It's, it's been kind of crazy. So when I have people say it tastes different now, did you change the formula? Nope. No, you changed your body. (laughs) You've changed. (laughs) That is so amazing. Oh, I can't, I can't wait to play with this. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's really, it's really, really an interesting process, but lots of people need help with this because this is a foundational support. Thank you. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. They they just need some help. So what I've developed is based on my first book, which is way easier to read. I, I put it out in 2016. It's called hormones in harmony. There's no bib. It's got a lot more pictures in it. And even the print is bigger. It's, you know, 
super <laughs> short, but it's a super easy read. I, what I did is I actually created like a little video course on it. So it's like, it's almost like a book club. Like I do a little video on what you're going to get out of this chapter and then ask you, give you actionable items to do with each little course. We call that the hormone reboot training. And that's what most of my people, when they go onto my website, that, you know, that's the sign up. So it's free you know, sign up and you get into this and it answers a lot of questions in there. Okay. Plus I have, yeah. And I have, you know, a team that, and they come to me if there's any questions they can't answer because people ask me questions in it. Sure. So we make sure that everybody's covered. So they have that level of support. We also have a hormone support group, which is on Facebook where, you know, more questions are asked and answered. and, And I have a YouTube video, which has tons of YouTube, you know, on everything you can imagine everything you can imagine. Some are super short, some are a lot longer. And that's where most of my people find me because they're looking for, you know, how is this related? Why am I feeling right. a symptom? And that's how they'll find me. And then we we actually use those YouTube videos, create like blog posts for the readers, because some people want to read this stuff. They don't want to watch it. Gotcha. And so we have different ways of educating people so that they can get the information that they need and the and the support they need. Which is amazing. But it does sound like as people are using the product and, and the process, right. There's, I'm guessing a lifestyle piece that goes with it. (laughs) Um, that if they're on medications, if they're being treated for stuff, that it's important that they're getting followed because I would imagine it is going to trigger, you know, lower dosages required as they are weaned off by their practitioners. Absolutely. And I talk about that in all of my, in all my books, you know, having how to, how to wean down and what to expect, but we also provide the support within the groups. And then for, I have some paid programs for like more intense support with me. So for those people are like, okay, this is way too complicated. I need a little time with you. So it could be a single consult or it could be like a year long program where I stick you in a group and we like work this out together and help you help you do the five pillars, (laughs) help you get, and that group's been interesting. It's called the hormone healing circle. And, you know, I have people in there that have been there since 2017 because there's always the up level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where can they get this kind of, you know, advice from an expert and (laughs) face-to-face interaction Right. Right. you know, for so little every month, you know, so that's, so that's why they're, they're still in there. So that's, that's, so trying to help people, you know, through this, what I would love to do is for more healthcare providers to read the book and get educated. And as soon as I get more of those available, that they're actually interested in getting educated, then actually start training them. So I've, I've actually worked in my, in my state nurse practitioner group and started some educational programs there. That's exciting. Well, so, because that's how, you know, talk about expanding the reach and, and yeah. helping more people. And so yeah. that's, that's fantastic. I, I know some practitioners I can send your way. Yeah. <laughs> that's the legacy piece. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm 62. I like, I'm not going to oh be gosh, you ever way, way, way. Well, guys, I'm telling you to like <laughs> pop on the video if you're listening to the audio, <laughs> because she does not look, you know, forget she doesn't look 52, much less 62. That's incredible. Wow. Well, that, I swear that's from supporting my hypothalamus. Yeah. I went, I went through the change a lot later than my sisters who did not support their hypothalamus. I just, you know, I feel very, you know, healthy and, you know, I got some gray hairs, but you know, that's, 
yeah. it's part of the part of the process. But... Well, that combined with some bioidentical hormones, and you know, oh, yeah, was sto- yeah. nothing stopping you now. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I love, but that. you know, it's, so it's, but it is about passing on the information and helping yeah. other providers who you know are are able to do this become a, a medical detective and figure this out. Right. And it's not going to be everybody, you know, right. not everybody. Most people need protocols, you know, and just I just need to follow it A to Z. Yeah. But some people are going to have that gut reaction where they just, they just know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, when they're in the art of it, I know I'm thinking of my life partner who's, you know, it's that it, if you are somebody who's in the art of bioidentical hormone treatment, mm-hmm. then you're not just looking at a range on a lab page. That's the kind of practitioner I think that is going to just, you know, this is perfect for really because oh, they're yeah. already in that world. This is just a whole, yeah, a whole nother goes, layer, but it's a layer goes, above. Instead yeah, of it goes deeper, and it's also hitting the hitting yeah the controller at the at the much higher level. Uh, oh, so okay. yeah, so I you know I'm I'm super excited about that. But like you said, you know what the heck is the hypothalamus? <laughs> Well, I, you know, I know, I know a little bit. I certainly learned so far a lot more. And I, I want to ask you, uh-huh. because I already am gleaning, you know, like I, when somebody comes to me and they, you know, again, they've got that, whatever, however, the multiple, multiple diagnoses and the long history, you know, it, it's a no brainer that we need to heal the gut, right? We know, I don't oh, have absolutely. to, I don't have to look at zonulin. I don't need to do a leaky gut test. I know mm-hmm. you have a leaky gut at that right. point. W- guessing, you know, that mm-hmm. their hypothalamus needs supporting. But what are, you know, for listeners who don't have autoimmune or thinking of, you know, loved ones that don't have autoimmune, what are some other signs and symptoms that the hypothalamus needs love? Yeah. So, Whenever you're not sleeping deeply, not able to initiate sleep or getting enough rest or waking up in the middle of the night, if you have heat or cold intolerance, because it controls your temperatures, if you have trouble gaining or losing weight, if your blood sugars are off, hemoglobin A1C is elevated because it controls glucose metabolism. If you have any daytime fatigue, so whether that's from thyroid, adrenals, or mitochondrial dysfunction, that's hypothalamic related. Okay. If you have issues with learning disabilities, brain, brain, we call it brain fog when it's not uh-huh. yet dementia, uh-huh. dementia, issues concentrating, focusing, adult ADHD, any of that, that's all hypothalamic related. Anxiety disorders, depressive disorders, seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have asked you a different question. What isn't it? <laughs> Who doesn't need? <laughs> right. Well, because it's controlling all of that. Sure. It controls your digestion, your appetite. It controls basically whether you're going to lay down, you know, body fat or not, and your metabolism. The hypothalamus controls it, communicates directly with the microflora of your gut. So there's that, you know, direct communication back and forth. If I, I did a lot of leaky gut therapies before I had hypothalamic, you know, nutraceutical support until I was able to do both. Did we finally get the healing, you know, at the, at the uh, highest level, because that communication, we still had this microflora that was still like not communicating well. Two-way communication. Yeah. So we've got the gut healed, but they're not talking like they used to. Any hormonal imbalances, any people, anybody with thyroid disorders, adrenal disorders, infertility, hypogonadism in men, libido issues, that's all hypoth- hypothalamic related. So 
All of that is controlled by the hypothalamus. So there's not a lot that isn't. If you get sick really often or anything related to autoimmunity, of course, because it's controlling the immune system. Sure. Yeah, there's just, there's so much. And there's, and there are some things lab wise that can be done. So I actually go into that in the books, not for patients to say, and they can go at the back of the book and go to the, you know, the download page and, uh-huh. and get the wish, my, my lab wish list that they can go bring to their provider and said, can we look at this and try to figure this out? Because she yeah. said, if this, this, and this is off, then maybe. Right. Because they have that guide. I remember years ago when I first found out about functional medicine testing and and I had a great GP who mm-hmm. was very progressive and into and open. You know, wellness and open. Mm-hmm. And I did, I brought her, I was like, can, can you get me these? And she said, sure. And then she said, I'm not going to know what to do with the results, but sure. But so this is perfect because then they have that information from you. Right. Like these are the things we're looking at and looking for. And, and yeah. so I love that. Yeah. They can start off with their primary and get this, get it done and then start looking for people who are willing either to do the research with them or look a little bit further or, yeah. you know, I just, I, I really think that once that gets going, it'll be kind of like a grassroots efforts where the patients push the providers to learn more. Yeah. Just like with the bioidentical hormone world. I mean, it wasn't a world at all, you know, and 30 years ago, we started playing around with it. And right. about 20 years ago, it became a thing where, you know, and a lot yeah. of providers got into it with, you know, they have, there was labs that would measure and tell the provider what, how much to use, you know, I'm like, no, 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 I don't, that's, I don't do that that's way. not no. the art. <laughs> no, the yeah. Art. They're trying to make it all by numbers, but. but you're right. It is a grassroots. I literally, we had this conversation yesterday because we were giggling about, and I luckily didn't even pay attention. So I can't throw whatever publication it was under the bus. Uh-huh. The cover article was it was about PCPs, you know, patients are demanding hormone care from their PCPs. So therefore now PCPs need to learn, you know, but, but we were laughing like, Oh, you think, (laughs) but I said, I said, this is exciting to me because it means enough people are getting educated or hearing things And, you know, no longer believing that story that I was certainly told, well, you're a woman. I mean, that was the answer for all of it. Right. And menopause should suck. Mm -hmm. And it's just a part of this is natural cycle. And sure, if you want to shrivel up and die or have brittle bones or all the things, sure. But no, you know, let's change the conversation. And so that's what we're doing here is changing the conversation. It really is about changing the conversation. The book I I produced in between hormones and harmony in the hypothalamus handbook was called the menopause action plan. And at the end of that, they can download the plan. Now they've learned about what the plan is and they fill it out and bring it to their health healthcare (laughs) provider because they've already gone through their risk factors. We've talked about genetics. We talked about everything related to their hormones, et cetera. They know exactly what they need and what blood tests they want. Love it. And the, you know, and patients will bring the book in and say, okay, if you don't get it, can you just read the book? And then we will talk about it because I'm pretty sure my vagina needs this and my, and my bone needs this. And my... I, I have a client who is postmenopausal who was started on bioidentical hormone therapy three weeks ago. And I saw, I got to see her this morning and uh, you know, I just kept saying, just wait, you know, just, just wait. And she, 
so excited. And she's doing the other, this again, no one of these things is total magic, right? So she's already working on mindset and lifestyle and talks all the things. And then this, uh, you know, she, so she already was feeling better. And I was like, oh, you have no idea. Like you're, you're just not even, and, and she was like, oh my gosh, you know, I was like, yeah, not always, you're not, nothing's dead. It's just dormant. Yes. just yeah. It's the desert. It hasn't been watered for a while. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then she said, this may sound crazy, but I feel like, like all of a sudden my core is active and I'm like, well, you have building blocks now that right. you exactly. can use. Exactly. It's not crazy at all. It makes perfect yeah. sense. So yeah. I love it. It's, it's, so it is, it's a, it's a slow, just like when you were starting to research hypothalamus, you know, there just wasn't a lot going on. And now it's like really every day there's new stuff. There's lots of research now. So now it's about bringing it into clinical practice. So, and that's the, that's the beauty of having this integrative practice where I had my patients, you know, coming in saying, listen, will you try to figure this out? And no, it wasn't in my ballpark before that one person. And now it's like, right. But then I get 20 of these people, you know? Yeah. The difference is, you know, (laughs) In when you're locked in the Western box, you're locked into standard of care. Mm-hmm. And we joke because when you come to the clinic here, it's like it, it, you're not coming to an integrative practitioner if you want standard of care. You want out of that box, right? right. right. Yes, the tools in that box are, you know, important and amazing. You want access to the box, but you don't want to live in it. And that's exactly. that's what you're talking about is that ability exactly. to sit down with one patient and figure that out. And then you, you see the threads and the patterns and it's like, Oh, you know, that's people come to me and they're like, well, my diagnosis is an RA. Will you work with me? And I'm like, I don't care what your diagnosis is. Like I'm not treating a diagnosis, you know, doesn't matter how many you have. If you don't have one, if you don't feel amazing, whether you're 20 or 75, Uh then there's work to do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and there's so much that can be done and can be done pro, you know, proactively as well. Right. And yeah. so it's not just about treating the diseases, but m- the majority of my customers and patients are middle-aged women in right. you know, a little bit earlier because middle age is starting early around 35 ish to like 70. That's the big market. But they're key. My mom used to say, if you heal a woman, you heal her family, yep. you heal her community. You heal, and that's what happens is they start yep. spreading the it. ripple effect. Yeah. They drag their husbands in, they get their daughter-in-laws who are having trouble getting pregnant in. Now this grandkid yep. is, uh, is was just diagnosed with ADHD. Is there another, another thing we can do? I mean, all these people start becoming affected by the one who gets well. Right. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. It and is. The goal is when it does trickle down to the children, mm-hmm. right? That goal is that, you know, these children are not showing up in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, having to fix Absolutely. issues because they've been able to prevent them, you know? Absolutely. So. Yeah. They have that, you know, great nutrition. They have that, yeah. you know, good sleep patterns. They have the good activity levels and you know, and their mindset is, is one of healing, you know, right. to victimization and right. illness and. Yeah. It's exciting. It is so exciting. with all of that information, I'm sure much of which is new for listeners because much of it was new for me. Okay. 
What is one step that listeners can take starting today to improve their health? So I would say the most important thing that they can do that would start to improve their health is change their sleep habits. And the biggest issue is your devices. So if you can turn off your devices, and those are screens, after dusk, you will you will trigger your hypothalamus to tell your pineal gland to start producing melatonin. And then the hypothalamus will start producing prolactin, which is a nocturnal hormone to get your immune system to function normally. Prolactin's high during the day, your hypothalamus is not functioning normally, and you will have autoimmune inflammatory symptoms. So that's the biggest thing is turning those devices off and making sure you're sleeping in the dark. So I literally, when I go to like hotels, like I throw towels over all of the little lights and everything. (laughs) I'm the same. We could totally travel together. And I, I was so excited. We were just on a business retreat. This is brilliant. I don't know why every hotel doesn't do this. The blackout curtains, mm-hmm. instead of being on one track, you know, where you're having to right. make sure they're not cracked. It was two tracks and they, they overlap slightly. Yeah. So it was, well, like a, like almost a foot or two. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. It was dark. I'm the same person I'm putting, covering up all those the little LED lights. The only way they can do that better is put it on a timer and let it to start to open up slowly with dawn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because that is that is key is basically signaling you know, going. Yeah, getting getting the light and starting that hypothalamic dopamine production and getting the adrenals on. I mean, there's it's so key to your metabolism for the rest of the day. Well, so, I didn't know that's what that's, you were going to say, but I'm so excited because <laughs> it is one of those things that like we cannot talk about circadian rhythm and sleep enough. <laughs> and but everybody needs to hear it in a different way to till they finally go, maybe I really should turn my screens off at the end of the day. So that's really powerful. It is. It's so powerful. It is so powerful. I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize how powerful it was because I was doing all of those things, but my hypothalamus was out of balance. So it wasn't until I started taking the, the beta to the sacred seven that I finally started sleeping through the night. I had some ambulance where you sleepwalk. So, oh, so I would get like all through my youth, like maybe three hours of good sleep at night. I mean, it was horrible. Oh my. And I finally started sleeping through the night and that was what started shifting everything. Sure. Well, and I think that's another really great tip. If you are doing the things and you're not getting there, right. If you're like religious about your sleep habits and, and, right. you know, then, and you're still not sleeping through the night. That's that sign that you really need to, to, you need to, to you need to focus on your hypothalamus. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, you know, my five pillars, the nutrition, the activity, the sleep, the mindset, the fifth is hypothalamic nutraceutical support. And if you're doing those other four things, this is like the icing on the cake. If you're just doing the nutraceutical support, which is what people will come in like, they're just a train wreck and they're not willing to change any of their lifestyle stuff. It's not going to be enough. They will get somewhat better. Sure. It's interesting is when the hypothalamus starts getting what it needs, it kind of pushes you to get what you need. Right. You start going to sleep earlier and you start wanting to get up with the chickens. Yeah. And some of that though is, is pure energy too, right? If somebody is exhausted, inflamed and pain, all the things, right. Mm -hmm. And hasn't slept for years, 
like the energy to say, okay, now I want you to eat right. I want you to like, and they, so, they, yeah, it's yeah. super difficult. So, so always I start my patients with, okay, we need to consider this support no matter how they're coming in and the right. consumers, the customers, they'll start it right away and then say, okay, but I'm still not seeing these things. I'm like, have you, are you turning off your lights or you, you know, right. put all these other things. Yeah. And we're still, you know, society is still looking for that quick fix and we still have that, give me the magic pill mentality. And so, you know, this is, again, we're, we are complex creatures and there's no one thing we really need to be supporting. There isn't one it. thing. There isn't one thing, but I do notice that in my, my patients who are supporting their hypothalamus nutraceutically, they start craving what their body needs. They, yeah. It's natural for them to they shift. They can hear it and feel it. Yeah. They feel it. They're guided yeah. towards it. All the, They're like, all of a sudden, I'm not like, I don't crave that sugar anymore. I don't, you know, I feel like I need to eat earlier in the day. I'm like, all the things I've been, you know, preaching at them, all it's right. starting to click, you know? I and love it. Well, and there's great. nothing, you know, nothing that's going to reinforce continued behavior, like being finally able to hear and feel what your body needs. It's like, oh yeah, that is why she's been telling me that for so long. Exactly. Now I can, I can, you know, feel those signals on my own. Mm-hmm. So oh, I talk about, I, I, I call it like body talk. Your body starts talking to you and you, and you're able to hear it and listen yeah. and take action, which yeah. is, and which that's is- the power. It's amazing. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have shared a- amazing. I'm like, listen to this episode five times so that <laughs> <laughs> we can really let it sink in. And, and for sure, I highly recommend whether you want to start with the first book, but I know I, I can't wait to read the hypothalamus handbook because, and again, or everybody should read it and just pick whichever section you think it was for, is the part that's for you. I'm, I want to read all of it and I want to see the, the long bibliography because I, that's the kind of nerd I am, but I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me and sharing, sharing the hypothalamus with your audience. <laughs> I am honored. <laughs> For everyone listening, remember you can get the transcripts and show notes by visiting inspiredliving.show. I hope you had a great time and enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guest. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.